Hey, whatever. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Gardenias podcast. I'm your host, Niara Jasmine, and this is episode nine, Me Too. This podcast was created to bring you all things self-love, self-help, and how to deal with life and its storms. Never forget that you are still growing and still learning daily, and you are lovely. Subscribe for weekly gems and some life-changing goodies. Gardenia blessings to each of you. Let's get started. Hey Gardenia fam, welcome back, welcome back. We are at episode nine, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. So a couple of days ago on my Instagram, I said I'm gonna start shout out Sunday. So pretty much I'm gonna be giving shout outs to whoever I see holding it down with the promoting, with the support, with the love, sharing, putting your friends on, all that. And so the first ever shout out Sunday, drum roll, please. All right. All right. No, no drum roll. Anyway, so (laughs) the first shout out Sunday goes to Joy, my best friend. Um, She literally always shows unconditional love and support and super interactive on Instagram. Even when me and her weren't on good terms, she was still holding it down like that. That's real. Like, I love you, girl. Shout out to you. Anyway, so she has a project called Build Black Give Back. And she has some awesome ideas in the works. So check out her Instagram at enjoyhergorgeous for updates, for information on how you can support. It's always important and humbling to give back to your community. So check out Build Black Give Back because it's going to be lit. Just wait on it. So let's get right into episode nine. Before we start, I just want to give a trigger warning. As you can see by the title, Mean Too, we're going to be talking about some of those experiences and that can be very triggering for some, including myself. So just to let you guys know who are listening, trigger warning, this might be a little heavy for some. So if this becomes too much for you to listen to or too much for you to handle, please stop and take care of yourself. Do whatever you need to do to support yourself. Please, please, please feel free to reach out to me because I definitely get it. So yeah. Now, with that being said, I'm sure you guys have heard of the Me Too movement, but if you haven't, it's pretty much a movement against sexual assault and sexual harassment. And it was created in 2006 by Tarana Burke to pretty much help survivors find healing and to speak about these experiences. The goal of the Me Too movement is, and I quote, to reframe and expand the global conversation around sexual violence to speak to the needs of a broader spectrum of survivors, young people, queer, trans, and disabled folks, black women and girls, and all communities of color. We want perpetrators to be held accountable and we want strategies implemented to sustain long-term systematic change. So this movement has been trending for a few years. Um, More and more people are speaking out. More and more people are sharing their own Me Too experiences. And I think it's very empowering and very necessary. And the amount of people that I know personally that have a Me Too experience, including myself, to me is crazy. And whether it happened during childhood and adulthood, many of us are still dealing with the effects of this trauma. I wanted to talk about this today in light of everything that has been going on with R. Kelly, especially because it's all very, very triggering. It's all over social media, the TV, the radio, everywhere, and it's really hard to escape. And as a survivor 
of a traumatic experience, when you're constantly reminded of it, it can be very hard and it can bring up some of your own feelings that you had when dealing with your own situation, which isn't easy. Like personally, I haven't watched the documentary yet. I will watch it eventually, but I'm just not ready because I know it's going to be triggering and I know it's going to remind me of my own situation. And I haven't prepared for that, honestly. So I have to do a lot of self-care and self-loving and self-reflection before I can bring myself to watch that. And also what I think is even harder to deal with is seeing people you know, whether it be down your feed, down your timeline, whatever, make jokes about this documentary and about what some of these women experienced. Like, I can't tell y'all how many people I unfollowed just for the stuff that they were posting. It's like, how dare you? Like, you never have the right to open your mouth and question what someone else has been through. That's so disrespectful. And it's like the cliche saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, shut your mouth or however you say, whatever, that's my version. Shut the hell up. Because it's like, imagine being a survivor scrolling down your feed and you see people making jokes. You see people questioning these experiences that people go through. Like that's so messed up. And it's very discouraging for survivors who haven't come forward yet to even want to come forward. And you can't even blame them for feeling that way because they're not wrong. The way that some people's mindsets are in society, I wouldn't want to come forward either because I would feel like, well, does it even matter at this point? And that's why I wanted to make this episode and I want to speak directly to my survivors and let you know that it does matter and you matter and you are enough and you are deserving of everything that you desire and your experience doesn't define who you are as a person. That's why you're a survivor. That's what makes you a survivor. And if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that you are worthy and your experience doesn't take anything away from you at all. You've overcome it. You're a warrior. And I know it's way easier to say these words than to feel it because for a long, long time, I considered myself a victim and I felt super worthless and I felt disgusting. But over time, with the help of therapy and just advice from other people who have been in similar situations... I had to kind of really change my mindset. And instead of calling myself a victim, I started to say I was a survivor. And I wrote this on one of my Instagram posts the other day that working at um, a sexual violence center has taught me that we're not victims, we're survivors. Because the word survivor is empowering. Because you are a survivor. You made it through, you're alive, you're here, you're breathing. You know, some of you are advocating, some of you are still dealing with whatever emotions came with your experience. And that's beautiful. The fact that you were even able to make it this far. And don't forget that. And I also want you to know that you are not alone. I promise that you aren't alone. I remember I did a poll a while back on my Instagram asking how many people have a Me Too experience. And over 50% of people had an experience. And the saddest part about seeing the results wasn't that so many people had an experience. Of course, that's sad too. But the saddest part for me was that I wasn't surprised. And that's scary because that means that these experiences are becoming normalized. And that's really upsetting. And I know so many people, both men and women, who have some experience dealing with sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual violence, 
in some way. And I know firsthand how lonely and low you feel when you experience something like that. But we are not alone survivors. We are a community and this is a safe space. And while I do think we have made some progress by speaking up and sharing our stories and getting the conversation out there, we still have a long way to go. And there are some ways we can start making some changes in mindset because I think that's where it starts first. That's one of the biggest problems that we have regarding this issue. So first things first, we need to believe survivors. We need to support survivors. We need to stand by survivors. It's already hard enough to disclose your experience, let alone have someone question you or have someone tell you you're lying. Like It's so heartbreaking to see things like my family didn't believe me, my mom didn't believe me, you know, this person thought I was lying. Like That's so heartbreaking and discouraging. So first things first, believe survivors. We are not lying about our experiences. And unfortunately, some people do lie. And that's very sad because it makes it hard for the rest of us who aren't lying. But for the most part, you know, people are telling the truth. It's already such a hardship to come forward with something that you've been through. So we need to stand by survivors. We need to support them. We need to uplift them. We need to tell them, hey, I believe you. Hearing those words can mean so much. That can make such a difference in someone's life. Just to know that that person is believed. It can help with dealing with it, living with it. And for people who haven't been through an experience, that might seem small to you, but it really is a big deal. It really does mean a lot. So let us stand by our survivors. Let us support them. Let us believe them. Next, we need to teach men not to rape. Well, let me correct myself. We need to teach people not to rape. I said men initially because the majority of cases that you hear about, the perpetrator is male. However, men are also survivors of rape and abuse, and even though we don't hear it often, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. So what we need to do is teach people not to rape, and we always talk about how particularly women um, should protect themselves and take these certain precautions and do this and do that, but no, like what about teaching people not to rape? And that no means no, and that consent is always necessary, and that people don't owe you their bodies, and that, you know, the only thing that you control is you. And it's not a victory to use someone against his or her will. So instead of us focusing on what survivors can be doing, we need to focus on teaching people, especially boys, from a young age, that they are not entitled to anyone else's body at all. I remember seeing something or maybe someone told me this that they were on a train and a mother was like playing around with her son like poking him or something and he was like stop stop. And so the mother stopped and she's like, "You know what? This is your body and you didn't give me consent to touch you anymore, so I cannot touch you." And that goes for everyone. It was something along the lines of that. And that's the type of message that we need to be telling our children from young. If you don't want someone touching your body, they are not allowed to touch your body. And if someone tells you to stop touching them, you stop touching them, period. Also, what we need to stop, well, I don't know if people still tell children this, but I remember when I was in elementary school and when I was younger and a boy would like hit me or touch me or something and somebody else would be like, oh, he's doing that because he likes you. Oh, she's doing that because she likes you. Oh, she's smacking you across your head because she likes you. 
Let's cut that shit out because what are we teaching children about love? That if somebody hits me, he loves me or she loves me? No, let's cut that shit out because it's bullshit and we don't need to be telling kids that. How about somebody lets you know that they like you or if somebody wants to do something nice for you? Not if they're hitting you, not if they're, you know, touching you, nothing like that. That's that's a no-no. That was a little off topic and unrelated, but that just falls into what we should be teaching our children from a young age. We should be enforcing them with positive messages and not bullshit. So another way that we can continue to make change is to stop survivor blaming or survivor shaming. So this is also known as victim blaming or victim shaming, but we're not using the word victim. So we're going to say, let's stop survivor blaming and shaming. So for example, let's say a woman is raped. Well, what did she have on? Was she drunk? Was she out late? You know, someone can be butt-ass naked in the wee hours of the night, and that's still not a reason for her or him to be raped or assaulted or whatever the case may be. So let's stop blaming the survivors and start putting blame on the perpetrators. That's what we need to do, because when other survivors see that, you know, they come forward and the first thing they a- they're asked is, oh, what did you have on? Well, what were you doing? Were you drunk? Were you this? Were you that? Like, that is, again, discouraging. What the- What is that? what is that? Let's cut that shit out as well. That kind of leads me into my next point, which is to stop protecting predators. A lot of people are abused by someone that they know, whether it be a family member or a friend. And I know firsthand that many families like to keep these situations hush hush. And so many survivors still have to face their abusers. We don't need to be keeping these things quiet, like stop protecting them. We need to call them out on their shit. They need to be held accountable for what they are doing to other people. Like it's it's fucked up. If you know your son or your brother or your uncle is a freaking predator, you know, stop protecting him. Stop defending him. Or if you know your, your sister or your aunt, whoever, your cousin is touching people, stop fucking protecting them and start holding them accountable for their shit. We're supposed to be protecting survivors, not the perpetrators. Period. Period. Last but not least, and this is more for survivors, we have to heal. Survivors... It is our responsibility to heal. And I remember mentioning in a previous podcast episode that the first time someone told me that it was my responsibility to heal myself, I was so offended. I was like, how dare you? Like, who who are you talking to? But no, seriously, it is our responsibility to heal ourselves. Get a therapist. Face your trauma when you're ready, of course. Let go of that hurt. Do whatever you have to do to heal. Like what helped me a lot was writing. I have so many poems and spoken word pieces where I'm just releasing my hurt and my hate into writing. And I remember I got a therapist and I'll be honest, at first I didn't really feel comfortable disclosing my situation to her, but eventually with time I did and it helped to talk about it. Another thing I did, and honestly, I don't recommend this. Um, until you really feel like you have healed. But when I did it, I felt like I was at a point where I would be okay after doing this. But I confronted my abuser 
And I pretty much asked him, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you know, who who are you to feel that you can do something to me? And I guess I was looking for closure out of that conversation, which I didn't get. I just ended up feeling bad for him. And in a weird way, him being so messed up kind of helped me with my healing because it made me realize like, okay, the thing that happened to me wasn't my fault. This person is just fucked up and I can't control that. There's nothing I can do about that, but I'm going to pray for him and for his soul. And that's why I said you have to be at a certain point to do that. Because if I had done that maybe a few years ago, I would have lost my shit, honestly. I was not together back then to have done that. Now I'm at a different place mentally where I was able to do that and I was able to be okay, which is why I don't recommend that unless you feel like you're able to do that. And I'm not saying that that's something that you have to do to heal. You don't have to do that at all. That's just what I did because I wanted to do that. And in my head, I felt like that would help me. And it didn't help me in the way that I initially thought it would help me, but it still did help me. And I'm still in the process of healing. Healing is an everyday process. It doesn't happen overnight. And don't feel like it has to happen overnight. Don't feel like it's something that has to happen quickly. It takes years, years for people to heal from certain things. And that's okay. The fact that you're even taking that step to heal yourself is what's important. And you're going to have bad days. I still have days, even though I'm pretty, I'm pretty good for the most part, but I still have days where I break down, where I'm like, why me? And those are normal. Don't feel bad for having those days. Like you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel bad. You're allowed to go through the motions of healing because it's very up and down. It's fluctuating and that's okay. That's normal. Again, the fact that you are even taking the necessary steps to heal is what is important. So I just want to leave with you guys, my beautiful survivors, that you are not your experience. It doesn't define you in any way, shape, or form. You are amazing. You are fearless. You are strength. You are a warrior. And don't let anyone make you feel otherwise. You are not alone. You will never be alone. You are greatness. Despite what you've been through, you will come out on top. I promise. Gardenia blessings to each of you. Thanks for listening.